0: box. What did you expect? A turkey card? Holidays always depress me. I know what you mean. I went down to buy a turkey tree. And all they have, I think, for Christmas. For Christmas? Already? What's all the commotion? We've got another holiday to worry about. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. I haven't even Finish eating all my Halloween candy!
1: to another episode of the stuffing city hockey podcast. That's right. It's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at Second City Hockey to all of you out there in uh, in podcast land either uh, in your cars driving to uh, to Thanksgiving dinner or lunch or breakfast or whatever it is you happen to be doing. At the moment, we're here for you uh, to, to take you through your commutes and your travels, uh, which are hopefully very safe and very, uh, very prosperous. But I am Brad Rapplinger. That is Brandon Kane across the, uh, the podcast airwaves. Dave Melton, America's favorite. Dave Melton is a healthy scratch, um, but sends his best regards. Um, hey, Brandon, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving, Bradley. Are we, um, what's the, what do your plans look like for, uh, for, for this uh, arguably one of the best, uh, holidays that there is? Uh, okay. So I think it's the number two holiday.
0: Um, number one being my birthday, New
1: Year's <laughs> Day. <laughs> of course.
0: Um, cause who doesn't like being drunk and watching American football all day?
1: Isn't it's that, like, isn't that like every weekend or something? I, anyways,
0: um, so the plan is head up to, uh, my aunt's, uh, little casa. Nice. Maybe have a little shindig on that side of the family. And, uh, yeah, I got to get up there before the, uh, the bears game kicks off. Mm. See, the, see the feast before the feast. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. I'll Which Bears uh,
0: defense feast on the lions. And then, uh, then, then you get to dive into the food. Dude
1: it 's the lions though on thanksgiving it's that 's kind of a scary game, especially with no uh, true biscuit, but we'll uh, we shall it's like see the,
0: it's like the blackhawks playing the in philadelphia like that 's just not going to be a win
1: let 's not relive that um, but uh, but we will actually that 's the perfect segue We will relive um the last four games since we last talked, uh, which uh, which hey the the Blackhawks snapped that uh, ungodly uh, Losing streak, what was that one, two, three, was that eight games? Was it eight five, six, seven, eight-game I mean, losing show. streak? Yeah, with a Corey Crawford shutout against the, uh, the now uh, Mike yo uh, St. Louis Blues, uh, one to zip. Uh, Corey Crawford's first shutout since, uh, since, what was it, November 6th or 7th or 8th or something like that of last year before he was injured. So that was uh, that was super cool. I, if I remember correctly, he jumped into the top uh, one hundred in total shutouts, uh, total career shutouts for goaltenders. There's a, that was a pretty big milestone night. Um, Kane had some assists in there. Seabrook scored. It was a, that was a sweet game. Um, and then they turned around and lost in a shootout to the Los Angeles Kings for reasons unknown to most of us because, well, it's the Kings. And if there's a team that's worse than the Blackhawks right now, or that we thought was worse than the Blackhawks, it's the LA Kings who, uh, managed to, uh, to, to, to seal the other point in a uh, in a shootout, they took that one two to one. Um, but then the Hawks knocking off the Minnesota Wild uh, on uh, on Sunday as part of the uh, the decimation of the uh, of the state of Minnesota by the state of Chicago. Um, yeah, you heard that right. That was three to one. Um, and then uh, tonight's loss. Against the Washington Capitals, uh, which means that the Blackhawks now have not won a game in Washington, D.C. Till, since, I believe, 2006, which is a little less than ideal. But, um, but again, some of the highlights coming out of this, again, obviously Seabrook's goal, Crawford's shutout, or Seabrook's goal, milestone goal, Crawford's shutout against the Blues um and uh, and we're getting pretty close to a Chris Kunitz milestone as well but uh, but Brandon lead us off with uh what what you with what you have seen over these last four games that you have liked about the uh, about the Chicago Blackhawks specifically with uh let's let's stay uh let's stay in the offense with the uh, with the with the lines the uh, your top 3 or top 4 lines there what what have you liked
0: well as frequent listeners to this podcast know i predicted these last three games, if you exclude the the Caps game, perfectly. I said that they were going to lose to the Kings, and I said that they were going to beat the Blues and the Wilds. So, points for me on that.
1: <laughs> you can go back and listen to that episode, by the way, on uh, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Yeah, we're on Google Podcasts now. We had the Podbean, yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll check the tape. I might edit in your prediction here. We'll see what happens, but... <laughs> It's there.
0: Um, <laughs> as far as what I've liked out of the forwards, um, Brandon Saad is doing Brandon Saad things, and that's delightful to watch because when he is doing that, he is one bad dude on the ice—the baddest hombre. It's it's so it's so fun to watch because that's a guy who you can you can just tell he plays with emotion. And when he's not, when it's not clicking, it's not clicking. And that's really evident. But when it is, it's there and um, it just jumps off the screen to you. Um, And it just, he just like dwarfs his line mates when he's doing it too. To where you're just like, oh, well, you probably should, you know, pass to that guy because he's actually doing stuff. And
1: well, the other two, you're kind of not. So. Mm. Um, do that yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. And I believe Saad has five points in his last six appearances in the starting lineup, including four goals. So that dude is starting to figure it out, which has been a big reason why um the Hawks have been able to uh have been able so to points. Yeah, score well, score some of the points. Um but beat teams like a Minnesota well, win your divisional games, which have been uh, which have been clutch. Um but, uh, but yes, no, Brandon sod. Absolutely. Brandon, uh, Brandon, proud of Brandon. Uh, no sod and the, and the fishbowl, uh, has been a, a wonderful, uh, a wonderful addition to the offense, especially one that has needed something else other than a Patrick Kane or Jonathan Tays spark. Um, I know the, and we all, uh, was gonna say, we we talked about this a little bit on Sunday, um, watching the wild game where you had like you have Hank uh, Yokiharu who's uh, who's he's due for a goal, man. He I think he's what he's now hit the crossbar and a post. I think in his last three games he's come so close. Um, but now has ten assists uh, at the blue line, which between him and Seabrook on defense have actually been um two of the top six scorers for this team, which has been a blessing. Uh, for this roster especially one that is just so starved of a spark um, but uh but that also leaves a lot of room for guys like Alex Dabrinkit or you know like Schmaltz who should shoot the puck more often as we've seen and stated i mean what what do you think has been kind of plaguing the the second and third line forwards in let's call it their scoring drought as of late
0: Oh, it, it's a scoring drought, no doubt. Um, Anisimov hasn't scored in 11 games. Schmaltz has won in his last 13, and Dabrinkit has won in his last 11. So I know we've made a lot about, you know, the uh, lack of depth scoring, but good God, if you are in the top six like that, you need to be scoring. Um, and that's not happening. Um Anisimov normally picks up his goals and his points on the power play. Um, And we all know how the power play goes. Um, There's no power. (laughs) Um, And Schmaltz just... He does not look like a top six player at all. Um, There's... I mean, you you can't sugarcoat it. That's Mm -hmm. what he looks like out there. And you watch the games and you kind of like, Oh, there's the small guy on the ice. That's to but he's not doing anything. That's like showing his skill Um, I don't know if it's because yeah. he's not in that role. He was early on in the season with, uh, Taves and Cahoon, um, to where he obviously is the superior offensive talent among those two. Mm-hmm. Um, from like a scoring perspective. yeah
1: um, didn't they also yeah didn't they also switch to bring it to um and schmaltz
0: side to the other yeah
1: yep which uh hasn't worked out so great over the past couple of games but i also think that that's because there, like you can't you can't look at the top line and and basically go okay whoever plays with taste is going to be a stud which i mean right now that's kind of the case i look at moving sod up to the top line and Patrick Kane as well. Um, although Kane's always been a stud, the, the absence though. And you mentioned Anisimov, who's been absent in 11 games from the, uh, from the scoring sheet, as well as, you know, like a Marcus Kruger who was dealing with some health issues. Um, I knew set or I know set out, I think was it over a two game stretch and finally came back. Um, you know, and David camp, who 's been eh, mediocre at best i mean there's there's as good as those top two lines have proven to be over you know a certain stretch, the bottom two lines have just been horrendous, and do you think that that's more you know just kind of a a law of attrition here as the season's gone through its first quarter, or is it more along the lines of Hey Colliden really needs to start mixing and matching more of the veteran players with, you know, some of these young guns to try to find some production that we're clearly not seeing from those bottom two forward lines.
0: Um, I think it's more of like, you just have like swings in a season. And unfortunately that there's multiple players who are just like hitting that bad spot right now. Um, so then like, now would be a time to shake things up. Um, yeah, there's just nothing really else to say. I don't know. Like, Camp has speed, and that was evident um, against the Capitals when he had that one breakaway and couldn't quite pull the trigger uh, there for a shot. Um, mm-hmm. That third line of having like all those speedsters in quotes. Um, together is, uh, is a little something there um so you have 410 camp and cahoon um all together and then you have kind of your like we are super slow line <laughs> Hayden kruger and martinson
1: um it's the fuel efficient I mean,
0: line yeah <laughs> I- i'm done with fortin in the NHL right now, I would send him down to Rockford and call up Sakura. Yep. Um, And I know Carlton said that he doesn't believe that Sakura is quite ready for the NHL Mm -hmm. level. And I don't, and like, we don't know if that's, he's not ready, um, you know, this month or, you know, in a week he'll be ready or, you know, however he's gauging that. Um, But... I don't know. That's the one guy out of those three that I could see being bumped mm. down for Secura. And that's clearly who they would call up. Um, I mean, Rockford doesn't have any scoring as it is outside of Secura. So.
1: Yeah. I was going to say they kind of need to figure some things out too, which we will actually be scouting on, uh, on Friday. But... Um, yeah, no, I'm. I that's kind of where I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned it. That's kind of where I wanted to go because you, uh, one of the bigger, first of all, either, either Fortin or John Hayden, man, has just been like non existent. And between him. Martinson and Fortin, like there has been little to no production even tonight, in tonight's game, man, those lower lines barely saw any ice time. I think that Kruger line at the most saw a total of seven minutes, which is nothing. Um, you know, you're you're putting all your you're putting all your eggs into one basket there, especially if you're looking at, you know, trying to ride guys like Nick Schmaltz who isn't producing or Anisimov who isn't producing. Like there's there needs to be something else from those third and fourth lines. And when, you know, when Cahun goes scoreless or when Martinson, again, Martinson, Hayden and Fortin are my three that are kind of on my list right now. Well, I mean, Jan Ruda right now is, is the list, but that's a whole, that's a whole different conversation. Um, You know, those, those, those three guys are just, they're they're not producing number one, number two. They're not getting the ice time. And I mean, I'm looking at the stat sheet just for tonight against the Caps and Hayden and Martin, Hayden Martinson and Kruger combined have 12 minutes on the ice combined between the three of them. Hayden is two minutes, two minutes 45 seconds. Martinson is four minutes and 13 seconds. Like this, what are you doing? That's that's you're you're short handing the rest of the roster in in spaces where the rest of the roster should be relying on lower lines and in order to try to pick up some slack especially when the team's on a road trip like it is which you know Chicago currently on a on a three-game road trip between Washington and then they'll go and do their uh, their little Florida swing against uh, against the Lightning and the Panthers like this is the time when you need to rely on those lower line forwards to step up and do something, and they haven't done anything. And it's very apparent that Colladen doesn't trust them. So, what is? Again, assuming that they're not going to move Sakura up to the bigs yet, do you think it's maybe wise to? And I, I think it's I think it's wise to keep. Sod and Taze together right now because that's clearly working for Brandon Sod and that's proven to be a resurgence for him. But maybe do you replace a, you know, a Patrick Kane on the top line? Do you maybe swap him out and try to move in a guy like John Hayden, who's played some right wing in the past, or, you know, even Martinson who struggled at, struggled at the wing. Um, you know, do you maybe move Kruger up to the second line to play with a a, a Patrick Kane? And, you know, like some kind of monumental line shift. There is—is is that going to be something that Collin needs to do to jumpstart these lower two lines, or are we just hosed? Well, it's not going to matter Friday. Well, we'll lightning. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, just
0: skip that game. Because um, yeah, you can't spell lightning without an L or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a loss for sure. Yeah, I uh...
1: We'll we'll get to that the a Panthers, little bit later. The
0: Panthers game, I can see some changes happening. I would go Saad, Taves, uh, Cahoon, and then just finally do it and put Schmaltz at center, and Debrinket and Kane at wing, and then your third line take a spin with Camp at left wing. Anise Moffat center and right wing with, uh, Fortin. I don't know. Something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Fortin
0: or a Martinson or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Move Martinson up. Cause I like out of those three, um, I would say I would, my order to send down guys, it would mm-hmm. be Fortin Hayden. And then Martinson would be three.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I,
0: I feel like he has that, that physical game, but also he knows how to use his body and knows that he's like not a skilled player. Where Hayden's like, I think I am, and it's like, no, you went to Yale, you need to be smarter than this.
1: <laughs> use your education. I mean, if we're if we're being totally honest here, though, the number one player that needs to be moved down to Rockford is Jan Ruda, which is the perfect segue into the defense, which avoiding the. The, the massive gap there in that in that third line defense that that sixth spot which who knows what the hell is going on with that. Um I'll I'll hold off on Keith and Seabrook for now. Man, this Gustafson Yokoharu pairing is fun, isn't it? Like and and, and Gustafson's the Nordic just, boys. Yeah, and and Gustafson tonight with a goal as well. Um Yokoharu was that close. was delightful. No absolutely
0: that was bobby Hoare esque that was i think i wrote in the recap that was like your your drunk uncle at the turkey bowl <laughs> <during Thanksgiving, laughs> who's like stumbling around trying to like run with the ball like that is exactly what that looked like where he was just like uh kick the puck that there then da, uh goal. You
1: know, <laughs> quote a, a bobby or like goal as he dove across the crease like a drunk uncle during a turkey bowl football game which uh, I'm down with, you know. Hey, I'm, I'm down with youngsters flying across the gold crease and screaming, yeah, baby, and making hustle plays like that, man. That's I'm all I'm all for it. You no, know, that little partnership between him and Yokoharu has been really fun to to watch, and I think Colladen has absolutely struck gold between that pairing and the pairing of Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith, who yet again showed up in this game as a force to be reckoned with, and also another notch in the uh in the in the points column as keith got an assist in this one um last contest it was seabrook like there's there's something to be said again for the construction of the top two lines of this team where you know if it's not your forwards that are breaking through it's your defensemen that are you know contributing and then you get to the third line where a gustav forsling who has to his credit been uh who has been reslotted into the lineup after injury? So he's, you know, been he's been figuring things out, and and to his credit, I think this one in particular, he didn't have a great night just because he he's the one who drew a penalty, and then I think immediately that's the one that the cap scored on. Um, but uh, but turn that around, and uh, and and his line mate Jan Ruda has been hot garbage. So what? Because because not the answer. He's clearly not the answer. What is the answer for the third line defense until Connor Murphy comes back in December? What what should Colladen do, or what should he look to do to fill that roster spot? Because it sure as hell isn't Jan Ruda. I mean,
0: it's better than Brandon Manning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's well, it's a lot better than Brandon Manning. Ugh. I
0: mean, I don't. Brandon Davidson still exists at this point. <laughs> I think he does i think they'll just like until murphy comes back they should just do like a two game rotation like hey you get two games then you know if you have a good two game stretch maybe we'll give you another one but then after that like you're done you'll sit and then we'll throw you out and they can just just rotate them in and out and they can do like a they can put like names in a hat or make it some some sort of fun <laughs> kind of situation I don't like know. a punch card system yeah yeah like yeah Something like that. Or they have the uh they should have like their names on pucks or something and have like see if Keith can actually like get the puck through uh traffic and something and get to the net. And oh whichever my- puck actually gets into the net, then
1: <laughs> Do like a shoot the puck sort of a thing. I mean uh Davidson's been the odd man out this season with the uh with with only seven games played and, and for good reason um and for the longest time it was manning and ruta because there was no Forsling, and now obviously collidan's gonna go youth over experience in this regard and i don't totally blame him although to be fair brandon manning's not super older or not all that much older than jan ruta actually they might be the same age um but uh but but it has not been a good year for uh for Manning or Ruda i mean it's like if Stan Bowman's listening to this if there was ever a position that you needed somebody to pick up any kind of slack it's the defense and it's right now and he went and got Brandon Davidson <laughs> like oh man it, it's frustrating, man. I like, um, especially tonight against the caps watching Jan Rudo only out there for, I think it was like 11 minutes or something. And he's just kind of there. He's, I know that the defense has changed now because they're, they're playing more man to man in behind the goal crease. I mean, it's actually, it's been fun to watch. I mean, don't get me wrong because you get a lot of, you get a lot of guys that are playing more aggressive, especially in and behind the net. Um, which I'm all for, but then you get guys like Ruda, who's just like stuck in the mud in the goal crease, not knowing where to play. And he's like not clearing out any kind of screen that may or may not be in there or, or any, like it's, it's horribly frustrating. And the the really frustrating part is that it's creating more and more shots on goal against a goaltender that we're already kind of, you know, crossing our fingers is going to keep being what he has been in cory crawford tonight he only dealt with 27 shots but i know against minnesota that was a 40 shot night i want to say against the la kings that was a 30 something shot night i he's cory's getting peppered and the defense needs to avoid giving up so many shots on goal from the opponents so i mean it, are we thinking maybe it's just hey this shift in 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 the, in the defense that, you know, it's causing more shots on goal. Maybe they don't go man to man. They should start playing more of a, like a one, three rope, more of a one, three, one, one, three, one sort of a setup. Or, you know, are we just gonna still kind of hope for the best and hope our defense can make some plays? Like what's the, what's the solution here, Brandon? Is there a solution? I mean,
0: I don't know, I still feel like my season prediction is pretty spot on where it's just five to ten points out of the playoffs, and you just kind of like, well, we lost the top four defenseman who was the best defenseman last season, which I've said multiple times throughout the past several weeks on this podcast, and that's just what it is, and I've accepted that <laughs> um and it's just like, man, there is just so many pros- defenses prospects are signed and I just don't understand why you don't deal them to get a top six or top nine at least forward. That's what I would do. Um because if you bring in a defenseman, where the hell are you gonna put him next season? That's my thinking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um because obviously not all the the stockpile Defense, I mean, pushing for a roster spot, but damn, there's a hell of a lot of them, and right. you don't want to squeeze them out. Um, and then they're killing in the AHL, and then you've got a stretch of bad games, and people are calling for this kid to come up who may or may not be ready. And,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: if you can just bury them in the third line next season, then it probably looks a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I do.
0: <clears throat> but this is the the 2018-2019 Blackhawks where unfortunate injuries happen and the schedule is horrific.
1: So, at least in the earlier part of the year for sure. And in the by the way, the my answer to the what the hell with the defense is you signed the wrong guys. You went and signed Davidson and Manning. You probably should have went after a guy like, oh, I don't know, say
0: Luca, Luca. <laughs> Luca, or
1: or or you know, go to try to trade for a guy like I don't know, go back hell, go to Carolina where apparently we all seem to send Blackhawks players and trade for like a Brett Pichy if that's your, you know, if you're really trying to go and and make waves and and. And if this is really the John McDonough and and Stan Bowman, well, we're going to contend for the playoffs or we're in the hunt sort of a thing. Well, then you should have gotten somebody that would have been a little more dynamic to, you know, compete. It, honestly, a top four defenseman and then have between Gustafson and Yokoharu and, you know, just kind of have that revolving door for the fifth and sixth spots. But again, there's so much good talent that, you know the biggest impact they would have made is at the beginning of the season. And again, we're a quarter of the way into the year, which is where we will, uh, which is where we will, uh, we'll kind of recap some things here. Um, Again, Hawks right now, eight, nine, and five currently sixth. In the uh, in the central division, which is not great, I believe. However, if I gotta jump over into the wild card standings, despite them being second to last in the division, I think they're still only a couple points out of the wild card. Let me grab the SCH stats department here. Yeah, they're only three points out of a wild card spot. Um, of course, they're they've got. Two games in hand compared to uh, compared to the team that they're chasing in the Colorado Avalanche, but I, uh, if this team really is this, you know, this we're we're trying to make the playoffs sort of a thing. I, what needs to happen in the second quarter of the season to uh, to to have them ready for the playoffs or ready to be you know playoff contenders by the midterm, uh, by midterm of this season.
0: De needs to start scoring goals. Um, Kane should do that as well. Taves.
1: How many players do you want me to list off? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't like you can't get I don't think you can be too critical on at least between Taves, Kane. Even De Brinkett's had a decent little uh a decent little showing so far this year. Hold on, I gotta go back to the uh going to go back to the team stats, but I believe that you just listed off your top three dudes and they all have sixteen points or more. Yeah, they do. Kane Tays, Yeah, But that player. was
0: like two weeks ago. They've been absent since then. So. Yeah. But it- what do we got? What do we got this upcoming week? We've got the the Florida swing and then they host Vegas, right? Uh,
1: yes, Florida Swing, and then uh, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will stop into town on Tuesday night. Um, which, uh, by the way, we are uh, we're probably gonna go hang out with uh the good folks. Um, over at the Madhouse uh, podcast, the Madhouse Hockey podcast with uh, Jay Zawoski, um, friend of the site, friend of the show. Um, he's doing a um, a puck cancer night, I believe here. Hold well, on, let me get the details. Um, we're going to go hang out with those guys uh, for that game on the 27th. Um, so y'all should definitely come and uh and hang out that is going to be at the rabid brewing company in homewood illinois uh 6 30 to 10 p.m it's a 10 dollars ticket but there's going to be some raffles there's going to be a silent auction um if you've seen on our website the breaking tea uh, thank Q shirt uh you will have a chance to win a couple of those at the uh at the get together there, which would be a lot of fun. And you can listen to the, uh, the Madhouse Chicago hockey podcast happen live. So, uh, again, and it's, and it's all for a good cause. It's for, um, it's, I believe it's for, uh, cancer research for, um, for the family of Meredith Garcia. So it's a super awesome event. It's really fun. Um, Jay's a great hockey guy. And, uh, and, and again, it all goes to a good cause and we can all, we can all enjoy a beverage or six while watching frustrating hockey if we need to. So, uh, So we've got that on Tuesday of, of next week, but, um, uh, enough of the shameless plugs. What, um, yeah. So what of these next games are you, are we looking for here, Brandon? Um, I'm still on Yokoharu go watch, man. He's got to score at some point. He's got what is it? A post and a crossbar or something since his last couple, like, like, God, he's got to score. He hits more posts than Cody Parkey. Hey, hey, that's your NFC special teams player of the (laughs) week. It was a pretty soft week for NFC special teams. Watch watch time. your watch your tongue. Uh, they're not gonna beat Tampa Bay. They might no. be they might beat Florida and we'll see how it goes against Vegas um on I Tuesday. Think
0: they, I think they beat Florida and then I think Vegas is one of those frustrating games mm-hmm. where they like blow a two goal lead. <laughs> or,
1: a, or a three-one or goal lead, as they seem to, as they seem to do so often. This oh, they're game. not scoring three goals. Like that's <laughs> real. Hey, they did against Minnesota. I know that one of them was an empty netter, but still, and that was that was not um, Devin Dubnik and net too. That was their backup. So Ooh, isn't Devin Dubnik and net? Uh, whatever. But yeah, so I
0: think <laughs> I think it'll be a. It won't be as bad as the first game against Tampa, but, I mean, a 4-1 would be something I could see happening. And then, uh, yeah, like a, a 2-1 against the Panthers, and then like a 3-2 overtime loss to
1: Vegas. Hey, that's still a point, and that'd be three out of a possible six. Hey, halfway. moving. <laughs> Things of that nature, uh, which are, they they just picked up five out of a possible eight. I'm still on Yokoharu goal watch, um, and uh, and I'm I, yeah, it's all about the third and fourth line forwards at this point, man. Like they they really need to have uh, they really need to have a, a come to Jesus moment and and do something because again, this can't be Chris Kunitz goal. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. You were talking uh we were talking a little bit at pre-show about that. Um trying to get uh Chris Kunitz more involved, right? Uh in the uh, in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I before. He's leading the le- leading the team in um Corsi among the forwards with uh 55%. Um and Yoki is the only one better by 1% more on the team. So, um but they've been um, they've been outscored with Kunitz on the ice during five on five. Um, so I mean, it's it's give and take on that, obviously. Um, but he's only 15 games away from a thousand for his career. Um, which that'd be super weird to like for him to play that thousandth game in Chicago. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, yeah just like being there for uh duncan keith's 1000th game like they're definitely not going to put on a show like they did for that for him <laughs> so, probably
1: yeah. probably not a thing
0: yeah um so i i feel like you know 15 games away so that'll probably happen in like what like march for him yeah right like, at this pace um but yeah he hasn't scored a goal this year and he has six or seven twenty goal seasons, I think. So yeah.
1: Um a little weird to
0: show up. Yeah. So um
1: but he played for Tampa, right? Uh, yeah, there, right? something like last something like that. Yeah. The four time yeah, so, Stanley Cup winner or whatever. Yeah.
0: So he'll probably be down there and playing in that game Friday. Um so
1: Hey, maybe he sparks. Maybe he sparks the lower line forward offense, which I am all for. Maybe he um, shocks the system against Tampa. Who knows? It could be. Yeah, I was going to say it could be a really electric experience for the uh, for those lower line forwards. So, um, by the way, uh, and if you're and if you're just afraid to watch that game on Friday night, y'all should make the drive up to Rockford. They're playing the Wolves on Friday night, um, which is always a fun little rivalry. Or if you don't want to make the drive to Rockford, just wait till Sunday. Um. Uh. It's a nice little Sunday afternoon game at three. They're playing the Wolves in Rosemont, so you don't have to drive all the way out to Rockford. Um. To and the watch Bears don't play Sunday. So yeah, it's that's Sunday. true. Yeah, exactly. going to say, you can watch uh watch the Bears Thursday, and then you've got Hawks Friday. Um. Something's on Saturday. Uh, we will find time to do something on Saturday. Oh no, Saturday is the, the Florida game. That's right. And then um I thought that was Sunday. And then uh yeah Sunday you got the got the the wolves and the ice hogs in Rosemont, which is uh that's a fun little fun little atmosphere so you should go go uh so I'll go check that out. But um we're gonna close the show again with uh with the Ask Us Anything segment, which uh in in this it's it's very simple. Um Brandon, you're going to start. I need you to um, you've, you've been in, imagine you've been given a plate, an empty plate, and you're going to fill each section of your plate or, or what have you with, uh, with various Thanksgiving goodies. Talk us through the process of building a, a good plate of Thanksgiving dinner. And this is, we're going to assume that you don't get seconds. You only get one shot at this. So how are you going to, how are you going to structure everything? Do I get a account on items or do I just No, go nilly. Yeah, okay. you go you can you can pile if you need um you know, I like with the turkey if you want to go both white meat and dark meat, you can like combine the two of them, but yeah, kind of talk us through the the process cuz this is good. And again, for if for those of us who are listening to this uh, you know, on the road going to dinner, we need to know how to, you know, kind of segment, you know, what we're going to do uh, you know, later today for dinner. This is important stuff.
0: All right, so I get some uh, some white turkey. Uh, pour some gravy over it. Okay. So that's step one. Uh, step two is uh, put some mashed potatoes right next to it and throw gravy on that as well. So you got a nice little little segment there.
1: Ooh, so double application. So you you'll like turkey, then gravy, then mashed potatoes, and then gravy again. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Two get, scoops get of gravy.
0: Nice so um, saucy, so and then I'm a big fan of uh Green bean casserole, so
1: oh God, <laughs>
0: so that goes there um and uh, you know, big fan of Vernon Davis and those sweet potato yams.
1: Yeah, let's go. Or not, not the sweet potato poon that uh, El <clears throat> Roger insisted on calling it on national TV all day. I don't think Good Morning America knows, or what is that? It's not Good Morning America. It's the other one. That's the uh, the Today Show. Today Show. Yeah. I don't think they know what they're saying.
0: Yeah, um, but I'm I'm like a strict like I'll have the sweet i'll have like the yams but i don't do like the marshmallow thing like that's not my
1: oh thing. what all right all right
0: um so yes yeah, oh, so that's reserve judgment <laughs> um that's the like bulk of it and mm-hmm. then i do like
1: you know like those apple ring thingies like you- the like the um they're the apple rings like baked and then do do you put like the It's got like the crumble over the top or? No, 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 no.
0: They're just like, they're from like that, that jar and they're just like apple rings. And then they're, um, you just toss them in the oven for a while to like make them warm. So like super soft.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. So put that next to, next to there. And then you, the trick is you get this big plate, right? Right with all your food. Mm hmm. And then, you get a smaller plate, and you just get pie on the oh. side.
1: Oh, yeah, no, you got it. like, that's a, see, pie, do you do pie with, like, the main, you know, with your main helping of food, or do oh, you, yeah. oh, so you don't wait, you don't do food and then pie later?
0: No, it is all one glorious occasion.
1: Oh, see, this, so. Oh, but I,
0: when, do you, when do you eat, though? When, that's the key, when do you eat?
1: Oh, see, well, it, that depends. So, I mean, it depends on what you're doing for, for Thanksgiving. So if you're going to like a, if you're going to your parents' house or you're going to a relative's house or, or something like that, it's no, usually you're like pretty low, ch- like pretty low key, super chill. So you eat at like 3, 34 o'clock ish um, and you snack beforehand, whereas I feel like if you're You know, if it's a little more formal of a get together, maybe like extended family and, you know, that sort of a thing. Like sometimes you eat later or either before or or after the that kind of three to four o'clock window. So I I don't know. When do you normally eat? Uh, We normally eat during halftime of the first NFL game. (laughs) Nice. So we're looking at like one o'clock.
0: Oh yeah, like one third, like yeah, like one thirty-ish, like that that time window. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, it's not a big deal if it like doesn't happen, and it's like in between the first and the second game, because normally it's like, oh, watch the Lions like actually be an NFL team for once. (laughs) Um, Let's not not get too far over our skis here. And then, uh, and then you eat. And then like, just like throughout the rest of the day or whatever, then you just like wander in the kitchen and you're like, Oh, well, guess I'm kind of hungry again. <laughs> yeah. You grab another plate or something like that. Um, but it's always like, you know, you sit down you have like the meal, like together or whatever. And people just kind of like mingle throughout the house hmm. kind of situation.
1: So, um, kind of free balling it there for the, uh, for the later part of Thanksgiving dinner. I can, I can respect that. I can respect yeah. that.
0: And then it's always like, Oh, who wants, uh, who wants drinks and such throughout the, throughout the day.
1: So. Oh, well, alcohol's a necessity for any, uh, family get together. I think we all are fully aware of that on this show. Um, the, uh, so uh, if I'm going, Oh, no cranberries, man. No, I don't know. I've never been like, uh, never been one to like seek him out. Not a cranberries guy. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So I will do it and shout out to, to, to grandma rep. She makes a mean homemade <laughs> cranberry that, oh, as a kid, growing up, that was like the best. But the problem was, is you had to wait on those. That, that had to be like the last thing you had because you know, as a kid, you'd have Thanksgiving, you'd have Thanksgiving dinner with milk and cranberries and milk. For anybody that's listening to this, if you are like you already know, you are already cringing if you've experienced drinking milk and then eating cranberries. It is. Or or together at the same time. That is I'm pretty sure it like burns the enamel off your teeth. It's, it's just a horrendous experience. But no, empty plate, you gotta start with your you you gotta like segment your hots and segment your colds. So again, we've got, we've got the, the cranberries that'll go in a little section. Um, well, my, my, uh, my family will do like a pita- uh, sp- uh, excuse me, a pistachio salad, which is like a whip of some kind. There's like mayo in there and whipped cream and it. it's, it's good, but you got to like segment those two together and then you get a deviled egg and then those, you know, that goes in the little section of the plate. Um, so that's good you kind of you know push that off to you know one corner of your round plate and then oh, um fancy. and then and then you got to go and then you and then you segment your gravied heats and your non-gravied heats. So my non-gravied heats are cheesy potatoes. And that's the uh, the Polish uh, German side of the family kicking in there. Uh, do like a cheese potatoes with the corn flakes over the top. That's oh god, that's the best. Um, little onion in there too. That's that's good time. And uh, so there's that little green bean casserole as well. Little ice Do you guys do the onion straws on the top? Uh, we have one with and one without. One. <laughs> nice. Okay, I like it. I'm I'm pro onion straws, so I will take a I'll take like a corner segment of the uh, of the green bean casserole, and then uh, same thing. I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the sweet potato yams. Uh, I am for marshmallow on the top, so that is a that is a must. Um, oh God, I'm drooling just thinking about it. And then the uh, and then there's the gravy side, which is stuffing. Uh, homemade stuffing, by the way, which is the way to do it. Um, do you guys
0: do shrooms?
1: Uh, no. Uh, Full-on bread stuffing with um, with celery and some mushrooms in there as well. Um, seasoning at, right in the bird. Oh, that is to die for. So I'll take that, that little helping of stuff in there. Um, Sweet, or not sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes. And then uh, I'm both a white meat and a dark meat guy. I am uh, non-biased to my meats as a turkey is delicious. So I will pile a little of both together and that will all be gravied. Um, all of it. Just the those three things. And oh, that's, it, it, okay. I, again, the, between the gravied hots and the non-gravied hots. Now, mind you, what you need to do, and this is a veteran play for those of you listening, for, for all you young hockey fans out there, this is what you need to do. You need to kind of segment your, because a plate, naturally, the gravy will funnel towards the middle. So you kind of have to segment your mashed potatoes and your green bean casserole in a space where that will absorb some of the gravy but not direct contact of the gravy um, to avoid it from dripping over into your cranberries or your um, you know the the yams or you know any of the things that wouldn't require gravy. Um, so. Are
0: you building like a wall of Jericho with your mashed potatoes? Yeah! <laughs>
1: quite again it's segmented so it'd, okay. it'd be like a clump of jericho um which <laughs> okay. so i so i guess the wall of jericho would be like the clump of nazareth i guess i'm not entirely sure with my biblical oh, references yeah. there um but yeah no proper clumping is required and then oh yeah nothing but the uh, nothing but uh, cranberry wine or uh you know something of that nature shout out to door peninsula a favorite of the uh, of of the repplinger household but um enlightening oh and pie is separate by the way that that is you you eat at like three again between that three and four o'clock window have plenty of time to digest then come back at like six o'clock when you start to get hungry again and then just get a big old piece of pumpkin pie lather that mother with whipped cream go watch the charlie brown thanksgiving special that is the play Um, so
0: so my my question to you brad is mm. it's friday
1: what are you digging into for leftovers Oh, so I'm at, I'm at work this year. I'm at the day job. So I will be, uh, I will be taking part in the travel version of a, of a favorite. Um, you gotta do a little leftover barbecue turkey sandwich. So take, take again, white meat, dark meat, whatever. Put a little barbecue sauce on there. Tiny, a little bit of butter on the bread, uh, on the inside. And then you can, uh, you know, enjoy that. So that's, that's definitely a thing. And then nothing heats up better leftover wise than green bean casserole. Everything yes. else is, everything else is trash. If you're trying to reheat it, Um, it's not trash. I take that back. Leftovers are good, but like green bean casserole like the reheats the best. Yeah. <clears throat> I do a, and
0: I found this out when I broke my jaw 10 years ago during football. And I like, Just got my wires undone, so I was able to eat during Thanksgiving, which was like, oh, that was the best.
1: Um, Hallelujah!
0: But I had gotten so used to like mixing food and stuff, like blending it. So I took yams and green bean casserole, and I was just like, let's just give it a whirl and see what this is like. And it was not bad. (laughs) Um, so that's like, so I do like like the the barbecue sandwich that you do. Oh yeah. I, I take the the green bean casserole and the yams and just a little toughware container and like mix them up a little bit because um, it's all going the same way you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning it into poo either way
0: right it, it's good you get like the two best um
1: <laughs> oh my gosh
0: non-conventional side dishes like together so yeah I'm all for it um but yeah like eating turkey from Thursday through sunday just like sandwiches nonstop is the way to go mm-hmm. oh um, yeah and the same with like pies that you take from you know wherever you're going to thanksgiving or if you're hosting it like they're just there in the kitchen and
1: you're just like yes like
0: oh the, the saturday
1: like- oh yeah the friday morning breakfast pumpkin pie is oh yeah that's a win or or Apple if you if you if you if you're in the uh, the demographic of the show that does uh, that does apple pie which um, we can officially shout out the the, the rather large Canadian uh, contingency that listens to this show um, we want to hear from everybody what your uh, what your Thanksgiving traditions are what your uh, what your plate segment looks like uh, now that you've heard this don't don't tweet and and drive by the way wait till you do this at, at, at the uh at your thanksgivings by the way we want to see you know pictures of your of your plate configuration for uh, for the twitter we're at second city hockey that's with a two um two and d city hockey um or stuffing city hockey as you will see in the uh, in the in the title um changing friday yeah, I was going to say that will that will shift um, after the after the the holiday is over. Oh, which by the way, the, the Thanksgiving officially the best dinner that there is of the year uh, in terms of holiday meals. Um, second best is the 4th of July because that's a barbecue and you can't go wrong with barbecue. Um, Number three is variable between whether or not you celebrate Easter or if you celebrate christmas or or Hanukkah. I mean oh God, lots of good stuff in there, so that gets kind of variable, but no yeah Thanksgiving one fourth of July two for uh, for sure in the in the meal holiday department um but uh but no we want to see your uh, we want to see your configurations we want to hear your takes we want to uh we want to hear your lineup configurations as well so leave us a comment if you're listening to this on secondcityhockey.com uh again check us out at google podcasts uh you can check us out at podbean itunes you can rate you can comment you can tell us how much you're either enjoying the show or how much you're not enjoying the show. Um, we take all forms of feedback and criticism. We thank you for you, uh, for your, uh, for your support of the show. And we promise to, uh, to keep this as entertaining and as informative as humanly possible moving forward. So uh, once again, uh, on behalf of uh, uh, Brandon Kane, uh, Dave Melton, uh, myself, Brad Repplinger, and the rest of the Second City Hockey staff, we wish you nothing but the happiest of Thanksgivings, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week.